everybody, and welcome to the 320 Club podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Well, 420 was already taken, and happy hour is happening somewhere else. We're your hosts. I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox. And uh, today is going to be our very special Remembrance Day episode. Uh, we brought with us today a uh, returning guest. Uh, Forever 21 is joining us again. So everybody give him a very warm welcome. Hello. Yay. Sorry, I'm not a hugger. <laughs> they can't see you hugging anyway. It's okay. Okay. Nor do they <laughs> care. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to talk about Remembrance Day, and it doesn't seem like a very controversial issue. At least it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. A lot of people A lot of people just, uh, they make controversy out of it. It seems like every five years or four years or so. What do you have against the poppy? Don't be a hater. I have nothing against the pop. Stop hating. You're just trying to rush me into this. I'm saying there's controversy when there doesn't have to be. The poppies grow on the ground. Ah, well, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Botanist. Let, let's let's trade my dandelions. Oh, okay. That's what that's our new symbol? Yeah. Dandelions? Okay. I've well, been gone for okay, a so you're you're clearly pushing me in a guiding me in a certain direction, so I'll I'll start there. So poppies, let's start with that. Um, we got red poppies. We got white poppies. I've heard of purple poppies. We have poppy seed bagels. We have poppy seed bagels. Ooh. I'm not much. I like everything. A little bit of everything. I'm all inclusive. <laughs> uh, and apparently we have black poppies. Yeah, this is... This is the this is the thing now. This is probably news to and, a lot. And opium. Well, yeah. Well, that's a whole other podcast. This is going to be a long one, isn't it? No, it won't be that long. We can get through this pretty quick, I think. I hope. Um, but apparently, there's been a little bit of a. Am I going to make this word up? Politicization. No, that's a word. That's it's a word. Slightly different. But yeah. All words are made up. Uh, I'm gonna. There's a little bit of a politicization of poppy wearing, whether it's red, white, purple, or black. Okay, so just I'll, I'll just define a little bit. I'll try and define uh, the the parameters here. So we'll just we'll just start with red and white. Obviously, red is it's been the staple since what the 19th since after the First World War. Yeah, and they found Flanders' poem. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, the white poppy, however, um, I think. From the news reports that I was looking at, um, started as early as the early 1930s. I'm not sure about that, but I think uh, 1919 was the when they started adopting the red one. So it was uh, the white poppy was supposed to symbolize remembrance of all victims of war, as opposed to the red poppy, which advocates a specific type of remembrance connected to the British armed forces. So that's where the white poppy came about. Um, but there's know, a lot. I didn't of, know that. Yeah, I, I just read about that today. It was kind of interesting. Purple poppies were about animals getting killed in war. And I think black poppies had something to do with African Americans and uh, Caribbean uh, people uh, and, and their contributions and that kind of stuff. So that's that's what I that's what I heard. Uh, that's what I read today in, in the news anyway. Now, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this. Uh, and uh, I mean, I, I remember when I was going in, when I was in college uh, university campuses were uh, posting stuff around. It's like, don't wear a red poppy because it glorifies war. Um, and she's like, wear a red, wear a white poppy. And that's where the that's where the controversy. That's where I first heard the controversy. 
I would have looked at them as, are you stupid? Do you, like, if you watch any movie, war is not glorious. It is gross, it is messy, and it's unpleasant for everyone involved. There's a few opinions out there that would agree with you. A couple of uh, British MPs, there's a couple of uh, veterans as well. I was reading a couple of opinions out there. One, uh, one was, white poppies are attention-seeking rubbish. Ignore the wearers of them. If you don't want to wear a poppy, don't bother. They fought and died so you could choose, but don't deliberately try and hijack its symbolism for your own ends. That was one of the opinions out there. The other one was, uh, those who think the red poppy glorifies war are hijacking a campaign that helps families of the injured and the dead. I'm starting to see a pattern of people who are talking together to politicize a subject. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, again, uh, to me, it's like the so what. So we went to war um, to protect the the freedoms that that we we, we like today. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they want to wear a white poppy, mm, sure. But you know what? We kind of gave them that right when we went to war to protect it. Yeah. So who cares? I, I'm okay with it. I mean, there's always the other side of um, is a trademark of the legion uh yes it is a trademark of the legion um that was another news story that came out in the last month too and it's it's always it's always a couple weeks before remembrance day uh you know comes and goes but there's always something about the legion and here in canada the royal canadian legion uh there was a news story that went out about uh uh the royal canadian legion has a monopoly on poppies uh, well, that it's a trademark on a symbol of freedom of expression and speech. Mm, so monopoly, I would you could say they monopolize, but yeah, they they monetize uh, the trademark. Yes, and you see them at the 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 little poppy boxes. That's a form of monetization. Um. Okay, should we have an should we have monopolies on remembrance? I don't know. That's forever twenty-one. Let's see what he says. Monopolies on remembrance. I don't know. It's it depends on what all what the money that you're donating to those poppy boxes are going to. Legion programs. Well, there you go. That sounds like a pretty decent idea. I mean, like it's they're not asking for specific amounts. It's just whatever you can, and usually that it's just pocket change. Doesn't seem like there should be a big headache about the whole ordeal. Or do you trust the legion? Absolutely. I have volunteered mm. at Legion many times before, and I absolutely trust the Legion. That's a leading question, Mr. Whiskey. Because I also read another... Arc- I actually, like I said, I'm starting... You, you've been teaching me something over the last uh, five or so episodes uh, that I actually need to do research. Because there's uh, articles out there that uh, a lot of today's veterans avoid the Royal Canadian Legion. Mm, that's true. Why would that? Ha- why would that be? Well, it's, it's an, an organization of identity, and there's a lot of different organizations to belong to. Um, the, we see the decline in a lot of fraternities. The Masons are seeing decline. Churches are seeing decline. Um, Communities centers are seeing a decline. Well, because they don't need to get out to get that social uh, community anymore. We have Facebook, Snapchat, and a whole bunch of other ones that I'm just too old to understand. Do you see them as legitimate replacements? Because I don't. Well, if you say if you say uh, uh, you correlate to lifelong happiness as declining, or people who are happy with themselves, that's also declining. Despite employability, uh, employment being at record highs, 
So it's not jobs, it's how they run their personal lives. It's really c- causing a lot of dysfaction. I would say, no, they're not suitable replacements for the Legion or the Legion style mandates. And I want to keep, keep it clear that I'm not just, just putting a plug in for the one particular organization. Yeah. Um, but we, maybe if we, we, we switch it going, okay, does the Legion offer programs for veterans? Yes, yes, they do. Um, is it the only organization that's out there making money? No. Um, do they have a responsibility? They have buildings. They have a lot of different things that they're trying to support. Do they own the trademark and have a right to, um, to, to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Do they own the trademark to, and right to profit from it? Yes. Yes, they do. Who, however, they got it. I mean, there's stories about how they got it just World War II as a leading veteran organization. They got the right to do it. Okay, that's fine. Um, but there are other ones. Gold ribbon. Uh, there's the breast cancer research ribbon. There's a purple ribbon for... No, yellow is cancer. Purple is breast cancer. There's a lot of other organizations that have trademarks too. And you're saying that they don't have the right to do it? In fact, we got uh, C and Air Cadets, since we're on the top of the military, they hand out little tags at the, at the convenience store too. Why, are those copyrighted? Well, they're Queen's copyright. So, by in, in, in fact, they are. Um, so, where would I go with this? Do they not, see, sorry to interrupt you there, but do they not see it as, is it not seen as a, you know, you're profiting off of veterans' issues? Like, it almost seems like if you're, if you are a trade, if you own a trademark on, uh, on a symbol of sacrifice, are you, you know, you're not, I don't know, like, I don't even know where to begin with that. Yeah, like the, the problem is unless the government's willing to step in to take it over, okay, there's no other organization to fill the vacuum. That, well, you said there's a whole bunch of other organizations. There's a lots of charities out there. Like there's Wounded Warriors of Canada, there's all kinds of other organizations. But not with the level of formality that already that's already entrenched with the Legion. But then there's the other issue that we already brought up of, um, like, there's a lot of veterans who are disillusioned with how um, the Legion has operated over. And, I mean, it's going back a long time. I I remember hearing stories from um, guys that I, you know, met at the Legion. They talked about uh, when guys were coming back from the Korean War, they, uh, a lot, and this is hearsay, so I want to make that clear. But uh, there was a lot of guys who were ostracized by members of the Legion who had fought in the First World War and the Second World War. And there were accounts of them um, ostracizing guys who had fought in the Korean War because the guys in the First and Second World Wars didn't see the Korean War as a legitimate conflict. Okay, but the thing is, times are changing, okay? We, we establish well within our podcast that whenever you, you out somebody or you're trying to separate yourself and you're not in an inclusive environment... Like we even brought in Forever 21 to our group here to, to provide some dynamic youth to it. Um, but the, the point becomes is that anytime you're excluding someone, you're going to have gripes. Whenever you have p- organization run by people for people and it's, it doesn't feel inclusive, you're going to have gripes. But you're, you're also talking about 40 years ago of not feeling inclusive. Well, <laughs> that was the culture back then. 60 years ago. I'm glad you can do math, though. Thanks. <laughs> but also, like... That complaint, does that have to do with the actual Legion organization or just some of the members within it? That's a very good question. But I'm saying um, it was, I'm saying it's more like of a, a beginning of a, of segregation, segregation of values. And then, so the complaints that you're seeing now 
are more to do with um, veterans are disillusioned with uh, with Legion because a lot of them are run by civilians. A lot of Legion uh, bureaucracy is run by civilians and not and people who haven't set foot in the uniform. And that's and that's fine. My parents are Legions and never set foot in, never wore a pair of combat boots. The but the Legion's doing whatever it can to survive and provide those organizations. But they're also if you, if you take a step back, they're also a a veterans base community service and they're branching out in order to stay relevant because you don't know when the next war is and do you really want to set this organization up from scratch i would argue no having at least a framework where people can come and have those veteran services is is important for our community but i uh, maybe i want to digress a bit i was saying what is the poppy used for in our culture well we see the poppy as a symbol of sacrifice yeah we, it's a right. symbol of tra- sacrifice but you know, if we gave it up to anybody, the red poppy, which we now inculcate in Canadian culture, um, what are the trade-offs? What are the risks if we just give it away? Say, listen, Legion, we don't want you to manage the poppy anymore. We're going to co- we're going to get you to a uh, award on a contract basis, and the only way they're going to be able to do that is now charging a fee. You have to bid for the right to the poppy. Okay, so. But so okay, let's let's take a step back there. When you say like, what are the trade offs? What are the risks? Like, what what would be a risk? What would be an example of a risk? I would say uh, erosion of Canadian identity is now being used for full profiteering, that for a purely commercial end. Like so the legion, somebody is, could adopt it for any meeting for whatever they want. Yeah, so you can look become like the was it the Heart and Stroke Foundation that put it on every slice of bread. Doesn't matter how much lard's in it. Um, and you, because it just comes another trademark that they sell off. This is a veteran certified program, so there's 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 risks here. Um, and I think, personally, as as a member of, uh, as a voting member of this country, I I'm I'm happy to leave it with the Legion. Okay. Yeah. If you use the poppy to promote any kind of product, the way you just described, there would I would assume there'd be a huge uproar from veterans. Like they didn't fight a war in order to promote. Like, as you said, white bread. Mm-hmm. But there's a cultural aspect there, too. Like, everybody just, it's like everybody recognizes that cultural thing. Like, let's take the example of the Hockey Night in Canada theme. Mm-hmm. You know, um, CBC didn't, uh, they f- like they gave up the, the rights to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then TSN ended up buying it up or whatever. So now whenever you hear the Hockey Night in Canada theme, you hear it on TSN. You don't hear it on CBC when they're playing, when they're actually playing, you know, aver- or when they're actually, um, what am I, broadcasting the feeds of Hockey Night in, in Canada. But, like, you know, people know where it came from. People automatically associate it with, oh, it's the CBC thing, even if, you know, they forgot that it got bought up by TSN. Now, if somebody were to buy up the poppy, people would still associate it with, not necessarily the legion, but they would associate it with remembrance. And if and if somebody went and bought up the poppy and started um, using it for their own purposes, whether they're altruistic or nefarious, I'm assuming they wouldn't be nefarious. But people would cry out, and they'd start they'd start making uh, claims. It's like, no, that's a symbol of remembrance. Yeah, and like for me, like this, if we're remembering, if the poppy is being used for remembering, and we're happy with the way that it's being managed 
everything could be done better. One bureaucracy is not necessarily better than the others. It all depends on the output. But I mean, the poppy is a symbolism of us defending free speech. So if it's purple, white, or gray, black, or polka dotted, I mean, they all have a reason to stand. But the red poppy for me is represented as the sacrifice of our soldiers. But I want to go back to maybe what happened during the war that really touches touches uh, my soul and what's really close to me is is how the Canadians became Canadians is a lot was defined on the battlefield and it's a representation of what we can achieve as Canadians. Okay. I think if I could take a step back there, like a quick step back, because what we're getting into is we're talking about freedom of speech. We're talking about freedom. of. I think that's kind of where you're going a little bit. I know you're getting in more into Canadian identities and values and that kind of stuff, but I do want to take another quick step back because, uh, you know, we talked earlier about, uh, I mentioned earlier about um, university campuses, right? This was the first time I had heard about it, um, maybe I want to say like 10 years ago or so, um, about university campuses not wanting to have uh, any association with Remembrance Day um, because it would glorify war or anything like that and we recently just saw it in the news not long ago about cambridge university their student union they wanted to um they wanted to remove um the remembrance i don't know i i can't, I can't remember the details but they wanted to they wanted to block remembrance day I, I think that was the case what happened was in cambridge at uh one of the student unions a uh, proposition was made to put more emphasis on Remembrance Day for British veterans because, uh, as you know, it's it's about it's a centennial right now for Remembrance Day, um, and then someone blocked that uh, blocked that proposition, saying that we shouldn't glorify just like British veterans. We should just we should because her main point was that Remembrance Day glorifies war. And it's and she had a huge problem with that, which means she also has a m- massive misunderstanding um, of what Remembrance Day is for. And so she says we should put more emphasis on remembering all those who died, not just veterans. So I think you bring up a good point. Um, I think in bringing up the university campuses, I also I I think that there is a a misunderstanding or there's a lack of understanding of why we even have something like Remembrance Day. I. Like I said, we recognize the loss. And if you look at the monuments, you drive through the small towns of Canada. It's a lot of the militias that that rose out of the grassroots in order to fight in the war is something we talk about Canadian achievement. We didn't have a formalized military. We had militias. And townsfolks rallied together to get to equip and fund Canadians to go over and fight what was considered tyranny and authoritarianism. Um, I can't say that word on a good day. Uh, But if you recognize and then recognize that that is an achievement itself, then you go and fight in the war. And my favorite part of the Canadian contribution is our contribution in terms of innovation. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll even add to that. Like, it's young men and women who decided to take individual responsibility to to uphold values like freedom of speech, freedom of expression, that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, but it's, it's even more interesting than the fact a university and several universities, which are supposed to be centers of innovation and taking responsibility for things, are choosing to putting motion forward to deny or to avoid Remembrance Day activities. When we should be celebrating Canadian achievement or global achievement for that matter, especially on the side of allies. Are you saying we don't have enough Canadian innovation, enough Canadian achievement, or...? You're going into my favorite topic. Oh, you're trying to lead me in a direction again, Whiskey. It's not good. So, uh, well, yeah. here's, yeah, so, here's so, my so question. The, let's finish off the poppy, the poppy in the sense of the business side. And I'll, let's, I right. say the, the poppy is, is more than just remembering death. I, I, and I think the proceeds, as long as they're going to veterans outreach and s- supporting some charities and giving people a, a sense of community, that's a good thing. Let's, let's, let's support that. Even if the poppy's red, purple, or green, is, as long as it's doing that, buy the one you want. But I think when we look at a poppy, I think we need to change how we say it. It's not about war. It's about doing the right thing to support our livelihood and the Canadian identity. Well, it's about remembering not just those who sacrificed. It's remembering why the hell they did it in the first place. You got it. It's about, it's about you know, uh, it comes down to freedom of speech, comes down to freedom of expression. Those things that must be upheld because those are individual responsibility. They're not just rights, okay? I think we get a lot of uh, confusion about that. They're not just rights. They're responsibilities because a lot of people, I think what happens is um, we we have to be responsible in their use, in the use of those those freedoms that we have, which means understanding how and why we have it in the first place, which is why we have ceremonies like Remembrance Day in the first place. Because what happens if we don't adopt those responsibilities? Like we descend into tyranny, authoritarianism, groupthink, tribalism. We descend into those things. And we find that on Facebook every day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it never ceases to amaze me, clickbait and people trying to sway identi- uh, ideologies based on innuendo without facts. It's okay. It's okay to, you know, get into ideological arguments, but... No, my, I would my, encourage it. Yeah, absolutely, because that's the whole point of freedom of speech. You should have the opportunity to do that. My problem is don't become ideologically possessed by those ideas and don't leave yourself open to... You know, don't. How do I? How do I phrase that? Like, don't. You want evidence-based reasoning. If you can't, if you can't find a actual validation, an actual rule, something that's not peer-reviewed. If you take your sole set of news from one source, you're going to be ideologically one-sided. Yeah, and well, you won't be open for and, adjustment. And I will tell you that, in, since the inception of the concept of. Um, societies, any pure version of society or political system has failed. So we need to be capitalist at the same with social programs. If we don't have that, we're in destiny, we're going to have a class system and it's going to be really hard to separate things. You talk about the rise of the middle class or the fall of the middle class or the rise of the one percenters. Well, if we don't have social systems and you'll never break, you'll never have the opportunity to advance. But I really want to go back to uh, Things that happened during war that are part of the Canadian identity. Like, okay, I see what you're, I I think I see where you're going with this. Okay, so you're talking about, like, the contributions that built foundations of Canada. Like, 
everybody knows Vimy Ridge. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Arthur Curry. They know all those, you know, iconic um, foundational buildings um, for for Canadian values. Like we we brought innovation, and here's where I'm going to argue your point. Um, but we brought some serious innovation when it came to getting the job done, because we didn't care about. My argument is, we didn't care so much about the the process. We didn't care so much about. Um, who is in charge or what um, what leadership system that we had to respect. We didn't care about the autocracy of it. We cared more about we have a job, we have a problem, we need to solve, let's get it done. We're all, we're all, and we're we all did little that. peons And, and we did it by pay, uh, taking on challenges that were <clears throat> beyond the normal scope of the Canadians. Because when we went originally went to wo- World War One. We were just treated as another colony. We weren't treated like a formal military. And they didn't believe yeah. we could do certain things. So when we talk about Vimy Ridge, that was us using sound research and, t- and technology and putting information in the hands from the top down, rehearsals, and really f- the, was some of the aspects are still probably part of Canadian um, doctrine. But every person knew what they had to do. Yeah. We talk about the, the creeping barrage. Yeah where the, the, the Canadians were literally running behind artillery, the landing of artillery rounds. Yeah. Like, you, you, you and I could just imagine the war on the census, but they kept going. Well, they did what it took to get the job done. I mean, look at how many failures had to happen before that. Like, how many hundreds of thousands of people died before somebody, a general, came up with the idea that we need to we need to do better. We can't just throw meat meat vessels at the enemy enemy machine gun fire and hope that that exists because we tried that the last 19 times and I'm sorry it's not working. And that's preservation of life is a Canadian thing. It's it's something we value. Yeah. So that's us having our commanders show uh, uh, wanting to preserve life. Not just saying uh, it's a resource that you can squander. It's not like gravel. They don't grow on trees. Uh, people matter. There's another example too. I mean, it's I I know where we use uh, we're we're trying not to glorify war, but I mean, there's another example of Canadian innovation in wartime as well. But you look look at the Korean War. Um, a famous battle is the Battle of Kapyong, when um, Canadian units uh, in cohesion with American and Australian units. Um, trying to trying to defend uh, uh, defend in uh, in Korea, they uh, they ended up calling artillery on their own positions uh, in order to stop Chinese advance uh, into into southern Korea. I mean, there's there's another example of Canadians who are willing to do the tough job of sacrificing themselves um, at great cost in order to achieve an end. Yeah, but I want to go back. So we, we talk about the ultimate sacrifice, and that, that happens a lot more. But I want to talk about the when we sit at home and watch Netflix. Like, how do we honor our predecessors? Do we just sit home and watch Netflix? Is that we get, what we, we do? get Paul Gross to go and make a really shitty film about Passchendaele? No, <laughs> this is, I think I think we've, with decline in innovation, and we drop we dropped three points uh, last study that I saw about Canadian innovation. We Canadians are just choosing not to do stuff. 
we are choosing not to innovate. We're choosing just to take the iPhone for, that somebody else made and and bring it in. There's at, never before in history that we, um, we've been had access to hardware, robotshop.com. Like you can buy so many different tools that allow you to innovate in your garage and build a Canadian made-at-home product. We choose not to. We used to have uh, the largest shipbuilding industry in the world. And now we don't. We have can barely put one together to build destroyers for the Canadian Armed Forces. Yeah, we had like, what was it, the second largest navy or third largest navy in the world at one point. And what do we have? We we wrote. We answered we the call for a couple for of canoes and a broken down submarine. <laughs> Two broken, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we need to do more as Canadians. And maybe maybe if if we if we felt more invested in what was going on in our country, we'd be less inclined just to let it be absorbed into um, Netflix. We need to honor our predecessors by recognizing the sacrifices that they made and for the innovation they provided our country for distinguishing our country from others and, and, and giving ourselves a Canadian identity. Okay. Now, what would you do about all this uh, news reporting and media, all this stuff that comes out? Like, honestly, I see it as like, really, it's a non-issue. Like, don't believe the hype. You know, feel free to get sucked into a ideological argument if you want, but don't become ideologically possessed. That's right. Stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. Exercise your free speech. Innovate because it is Canadian. And don't follow the status quo. Well, the status quo is that you have to remember. You can remember whatever you want. I don't remember what my wife told me to pick up from on the way home from work. But yeah, you know. I, I've been having a problem with short-term memory lately. I can't even remember what you said 30 minutes ago. <laughs> Anyways, just uh, the just thank you all for listening. I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox. And I'm Forever 21. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a nice week.